Welcome to the Networking with Plants in the Anthropocene podcast. This week, Joe Colhane is joining us to talk about his incredible work with plants. He's a multidisciplinary practitioner, and I just can't wait to hear more um, about his various relationships with plants. So welcome, Joe. Would you mind uh, giving us a brief introduction to yourself? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much, Kate. And uh, that's a, it's always a doozy for the self um, profile. I'm not quite sure. I, I've landed on calling or referring to myself as an eco generalist because I think everything I do is somehow related to the ecological relationships I'm a part of. And I really just want to like maintain that thread and I, I suppose acknowledgement for everything I'm doing. So, uh, yeah, I. Recently got a master's degree in engaged ecology from Schumacher College, uh, and it's a very embodied, as you kind of mentioned, multidisciplinary exploration of uh, modern humanity and where we're at. And, and I'm very fascinated by that, but I'm also an artist, a folk herbalist, writer, poet, podcaster uh, from time to time as well. Uh, and and yeah, and then, and then, yeah, I've been a part of this networking with the plants uh networking with plants in the anthropocene it's uh for a while now with you and uh others and i'm just really pleased about that there's there's plenty more i can share but i'll just leave it there for the moment wonderful um thank you for that and how would you describe your work with plants what do you do what do they do and is there a goal involved mm, yeah so it's this is really what is the most alive in my personal, oh, and this is where language is, is very uh, clunky almost, because what I was, I was going to say is my personal journey, but the personal journey, what I'm referring to is really the embrace, embracing that I am a human being and also a relational being, and that these relationships with the plants and the living earth around uh, this me <laughs> is 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 a it's a co-collaborative process so really you know the, the question of like what goal is really more of a understanding or vulnerable humbling down of this uh human-centric or even self-centric uh navigation through reality which goes out to the cosmos and beyond but then you know on the day-to-day -day, as this physical body navigates through you know life and in these shared ecologies i'm just really trying to embrace the language and and ways in which we can speak to um, each other like we're doing now and to um, i have children and and uh, a wife and and you know our community using more language that is uh inclusive and relational and uh brings the illumination of the agency of our plant and animal and mineral beings and water beings that um to me fully have their their own lives and and personhood so it's really like how, how do we talk and how do we be in those relationships with reverence and gratitude and and that's a it's no easy task uh, in our modern times i i would say in, in western civilization global north for sure indigenous cultures have had it you know, um, embedded into their their life ways for forever. So, 
you know, I appreciate a lot of the traditional ecological knowledge and information that I've learned through various explorations, both research-wise, but also with relationships with uh, indigenous communities, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. And I, I don't necessarily wish to go further into that great, great <laughs> can of worms or whatever the expression might be of um, you know, the the land I'm on here in the Pacific Northwest of of Oregon, which has been indigenous lands for thousands and thousands of years. And and there's a lot of oppression and uh, you know, questions about just the language of how how these places are called what they are today through colonial terms, but also the the you know, the native indigenous people as well. That just went in an interesting spiral, but I feel like it's all relative relevant um, to to our conversation because uh, we have to embrace and appreciate how we arrived today at where we're at and and I think and I'll, I'll stop with this <laughs> but uh, a lot of what I, I'm I'm working on is as I mentioned was like uh, being this relational being and and that kind of language for me is it comes from this place of realizing as a modern human being born generations removed from that indigenous worldview and cultural kind of life way. I've been on a path my whole life of a, a sort of human nature rehabilitation, essentially, unknown to me most of the, most of the time. I, I, I And we can get into that kind of conversation later as well. But for me, I see the importance of what we're doing as, a, you know, this networking with plants, but also just general work around this in meeting the current popular culture and dominant narrative where it's at as opposed to trying to necessarily pull uh from the traditional ecological knowledge and indigenous wisdom uh and and just be like this is how it, it can or should be because those are valuable life ways and worldviews that i am totally in reverence and utter awe and gratitude for learning about and we live in a world where the television and pop culture of music and movies and TV and all these things tell a totally different story. So I'm really interested in meeting my fellow <laughs> humans of modernity where they're at. And um, I guess that's why I just bring in this relational being kind of thing. Cause it's like, Oh, what is, what is that? You know? And, and maybe I can weave carefully and, and with again, care um, that together with the traditional wisdom from these indigenous cultures i'll leave it there there's there's so much around that that i don't know maybe you would like to follow up with but <laughs> yeah so part of what comes to mind for me is the idea of respect and how respect especially as you talk about different ways of approaching this relational way of being um one thing that the network in particular one of our kind of like major goals or topics that we're interested in diverse as we are as a community is the issue of res having respect for plants um or having respectful relationships with them and especially as you know a dominant society has lots of different either ways of ignoring plants and being blind to them or <laughs> you know um other things and so I was wondering if you could briefly share um your thoughts on respecting respect for or with plants yeah well i'm i'm thinking about i have a seven-year-old who has 
participated in a lot of uh, flower and herb gathering, harvesting, wild crafting with with me over the years. And it's really sweet because of his own learning and 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 I suppose just kind of following in and the the guidance or example I've set, you know, he'll he'll pluck a flower and and he'll just say thank you, you know, and 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 he even kind of speaks to to the the plants with that that agency I was mentioning earlier. And I think that for me is the biggest part of the care. Um it doesn't have to be verbal as such. And I I I guess what I'm I'm really thinking about is again the challenges of our modern or just language in general because it's spoken and it's social and so much of what i feel is care for the plants and and beings that are are more than human is energetic and embodied and intuitive and sensory in its form as opposed to spoken but that doesn't mean uh i'm not often out like just last week gathering some sweet dear nettle companions just emerging from the soil here that uh i was gathering and i was singing to them and 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 just sharing my awe and reverence for and gratitude for them and 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 i harvested just a little bit and 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 truly i think I, that was the dynamic of care that i feel like is is most important is being present with our plant community and and all the more than human community in a way that shows mutual respect, <laughs> you know, um, in an extractive modern way of being that, that we kind of, again, have as a dominant way, the reciprocity of just really taking deep breaths and being present with these plants is the care that I feel like is just like a base level beyond that. Of course, there's, there's several things we could go into or I'm thinking of, especially uh, around the folk herbalism and wildcrafting and things of that nature, um, which is a funny statement, things of that nature. I guess there's some pun in there somewhere. But yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's a it, it's a mutual respect is is my I think baseline of the care is giving that level of like I I see you, I honor you and you are an incredible being and that it's not just extractive right it's not just like oh i'm i'm here to to take from you that i want to gift back to you gratitude love appreciation and even through this dialogue between us um hopefully more ripples of others being able to hear this and think oh yes of course like you know absolutely that's let's 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 um normalize again uh feeling okay talking to plants out loud and saying thank you and oh hello and singing to to a plant and and i and again i got caught up in you know robin wall kimmer and and so many indigenous um elders and 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 teachers that i've had either in person or through books and literature that that you know some of this has been like deeply again this is not new i'm not sharing anything new it's just uh I have spoken to plants my whole life before I had known any of these things, which definitely made me an oddball as a kid, but I didn't care because it just made sense as a kid. And and now as an adult and through uh, academia and philosophy and all these theories, I'm like, oh, this is what I've been 
doing, you know, and big words like phenomenology and ontopoetics come into it. And we don't have to get into those, but I'm like, oh, these are great big academic words to explain just being um, present and having a conversation with the rest of nature and having nature respond back to us in, in various ways that are, you know, sensory and intuitive, as I mentioned too, not always something we can communicate uh, via words. So this is an ironic question then, follow-up question. Um, could you share, do you feel comfortable sharing with the audience one of your most recent encounters just being with a plant? What were some of the ways that you entered into that being together? Um, how would you describe that for someone who's listening and saying, this is nothing I've ever tried. I don't know if I've ever experienced this before. Like, what is the process like? Yeah, it it's not a formula um, as such that I, I mean, I've kind of spoken about like talking to and singing to, <laughs> um, but you know, we're, we're, we're in relationships with plants all the time and, and we we hardly even know it and and it's it's an interesting thing because even for someone perhaps listening and thinking well i don't know where to begin um it can be in in your morning cup of coffee or tea um because those are plants that you're communicating with which is a very interesting and i don't know edgy or strange kind of interpretation of this question but to pour that cup of coffee or to 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 turn on the coffee maker or pour the hot water into the 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 grounds or into your um your morning tea right there is a moment and opportunity to acknowledge that being and just say i see you i hear you or i thank you um i welcome this communing relationship the caffeine the the energy and um and sit with that, you know, it could be a little strange, but that's the opportunity that I think everybody almost has daily. They can, you know, whatever season it is. Uh, and there's, of course, other various plants and things that are actually out in the world living and growing that we can explore too. And I just, I like, I like that uh, reminder because like with water, it's in our life and a part, and we're in relationship with water all the time. You know, um, each morning I splash some cold water on my face and I and I say thank you. And I and I just, uh, you know, I acknowledge the water. And that to me is that like just presencing of it, the the acknowledgement of it and beyond whatever that is. Everybody's interpretation and experiences are different, I think. Um, and we can get into the more. I don't, I hesitate to say woo woo, but it's so funny, you know, there's this woo woo kind of side of things, but yeah, you can sit with a plant, whether it's um, a tree or a, a emerging daffodil or something like we have here right now coming up and, and you can just sit near it and just breathe. And, and I, I don't think, I think it's important to not have expectations of what you will experience or interpret is just being present with the plants and and how that manifests, it, it can take all sorts of different forms. It might enter your dreams later as some kind of archetypal, you know, example, or 
you might have some sort of insight too that um, comes like a thought epiphany or something might become more clear. And, and I, and we talked about this just before we started this um, call, you know, podcast, but um, it's insights like that though, that I'm really interested in talking about. And I don't know if this is direction you want to go right now, but I just realized through, through regular engagement, with these more than human beings these plants i i can no longer discern what is origin original air quotes thought from thoughts and communications that are coming from these beings including the coffee and the tea um you know it's <laughs> that's the that's the interesting thing if if like myself i have drank coffee nearly every day for my adult life um with some breaks um and tea very regularly as well and it's like what what amount of information literally of of my creative process and productive self uh was separate from the engagement and 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 relationship that was happening with the coffee or tea and likewise all the living plants and trees and birds and insects and soil and air and water and rain and all the things but but those really intimate relationships that are daily it's i'm just like i'm in total awe and and humble gratitude thinking about um the power of these plants and their agency and and aliveness and i'll <laughs> i go on these little tangents but for me this isn't philosophy it's 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 the best i can do to um reflect my lived experience this is not a, a theoretical for me this is an interpretation of of my my journey with like as much acknowledgement as i can give to the fact that like i can no longer very um confidently claim authorship <laughs> or personal you know um soul authorship to to really anything i'm doing because because we're so porous as beings and again there's philosophies and theories of, around this it's just that it's very real too for me it's not really a, a philosophy <laughs> definitely as you've had this experience of being a more relational being um have you noticed any things in your perception of life shift or change you have mentioned agency um for our listeners what does that mean or what does that look like hmm yeah what does that look like well it looks like and feels like a much more interesting version of reality for me it, it's i i while trying to stay mindful of not sounding entirely mad, I often will walk out the door in utter awe of what is happening around me. And and because, because I have shifted my perspective, and, and really this has been throughout my life a thing, but but in in recent times, really just like allowing that um that agency of the the beings to 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 be like in a collaborative community with i i i'm just i'm continually walking out there and oh look at you in bloom oh look at you know like it, including the stars and the planets that i see and the full moon that is happening right now like 
I, I went out last night and I, I just was was taken aback by the moon and and even me saying the moon is an interesting thing because it's another being that I believe has agency in whatever capacity and and the moon's always moon and just has different variations of you know sun reflecting it and when there's full moon energy it's 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 powerful and 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 gets me excited and and there's folklore and things that have are tied around to that you know that that have been around forever in stories but i guess i say that and bring that in because it's very present as it is literally a full moon right now but um yeah no i i i think it's just that i'm i'm never feeling a sense of alone and yeah i'm i feel i feel in because of a sense of belonging that was the word i was looking for which in our modern day and age with depression anxiety and and this isolated feeling especially with technology even you know to give the plants and animals to give to allow for the plants and animals to have personhood is a comfort that i take great solace in and and it's like that that richness of of life and the ever changing seasons and cycles of the the moon and the the you know all these things the seasons it's just it just makes me pretty much <laughs> walking around with this sense of awe that can can be pretty uh ridiculous i imagine to some outside uh, observers when i'm outside <laughs> kind of just like wow but but I'm okay with that because I would love to see that more normalized as well. That, that just like utter wow of, of how beautiful and amazing this life is um, because it's a shared life and plants have, if, if we're able to open ourselves to that, that energetic exchange that I was speaking of that embodied more intuitive and sensory aspect of it, that sense of belonging becomes so comforting and, 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 and also it's it's a level of care then that comes through because then they're family and 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 friends and community and you know a lot of talk lately around kinship is is a big thing around this too and it, it's yeah we're all family on whatever level and degree and i think that ultimately is my my i don't know i guess my biggest takeaway from all this is the the decentering of my human experience and and um you know moving away from the anthropocentric narrative dominant worldview that we have even even the networking with plants in the anthropocene is a funny name and i appreciate it and there's been other you know chathulacene and capitalacene and all these different words to to call this but i actually was thinking that the anthropocene is nice because it's like a contradiction the networking with plants in the anthropocene is like but wait if it's all human centered how are we networking with the plants and so there's this interesting navigation between those like dynamics even and and so I guess that's that's really the thing that is is awesome for me in in the the humbling down of 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 this reality. And 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 raising up of the significance of all these other agency-filled beings is 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 what it's all about for me. That's the relational being. It's like, ooh, we get to be in relationship together. Like, what does that look like? I care for you. Okay. You're caring for me, you're helping me breathe the pollinating the flowers and plants and fruits and you know like wow this is an incredible exchange and we are just a human humans are just a tiny part of that very tiny part of that <laughs> so it's just i'm just in awe of it all 
I'm like a giddy grown-up, I guess, most of the time. As we're thinking about kinship, you had mentioned folklore and um, also teaching um, your own human kin, um, kind of different ways of being either through embodying that yourself and having them pick up on that from you. Um, One thing in the network, um, there's another area of interest for folks is education. And as you talked about folklore, it's definitely something that I think is a really powerful source of education, but one that we may not always think of in those terms because folklore is also sometimes seen as lesser than or, you know, in the modern kind of paradigm. Um, Could you talk more about the role of folklore? Um, And if you have any favorite folklore involving plants um, that you'd like to share? Mm. I wish I could draw from this nettle story that that I was shared with me last year that uh, I can maybe in the you know footnotes or later on we can we can I can share with you because I'm drawing a blank sadly on just pulling off the top of my head here but uh yeah the folklore and stories the the mythology of 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 these relationships is such a beautiful um beautiful beautiful thing and hmm, i i guess something that's very interesting for for me right now in in our day and age is the power of these stories and and art and how we can build different versions of folklore and and support ways for children and and grown-ups to see reality from this different lens or or way um and and I yeah I'm, I, again I'm drawing some blanks on on specific plant ones but I will share this little interesting anecdote or or, or story that is is related is uh, I was telling my daughter uh, about eight years ago now a a bedtime story and and I just kind of shared this on on the spot kind of story that came through and and again uh, where it came from I have no idea. Um, you know, I cannot, I cannot claim authorship because I was saying it out loud and I was listening to the story that that, that was being told with her. Um, and it was a story about a bear who would like honey and goes to the woods and, sa- and suddenly realizes that they don't want to destroy the beehive. And so ask the bees if they can ex- exchange, uh, you know, something. And the bear, she says, oh, how about a song? And the bees are like, yeah, that sounds great. And so the bee sings this song and I mean, excuse me, the bear sings this song and the, and the bees love it and they start buzzing along and then the, the birds and insects and animals of the woods start to sing it. And then the kids just outside the woods start to hear it in the village, but the grownups are too distracted and busy to hear it at first. But then the kids sing it and the, the grownups start to sing along and then it carries around the world and out into the cosmos and all, and then comes back into the woods and, spoiler alert the the bees do end up giving the bear the honey and 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 i ended up making that into a children's book with my wife and she needle felted all of the illustrations which is this beautiful honey for a song 
we just self-published it and I'm totally promoting myself right now, I realize. But um, <laughs> but I, I share it because it was like, oh, this is a modern kind of version of uh, sharing how, how we can be in more harmonious or respectful relationships. And through the power of like song, we can find that con connectivity and, and celebrate each other. And yeah, I don't know if this is answering your question very well, but but I just I, I love that stories can can have that kind of power and and folklore especially. And yeah, I've read I've you know tons and tons of different folklore over the years. And I I I I don't have the best memory when it comes to just pulling the stories of which one were the most significant or prominent. That I wish I had the no one on the top of my tongue because because that one I really love, but um Sadly, I can't. I can't share it with you. I'm gonna have to draw it up. It's it's a beautiful one about why the how the nettle got its sting and 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 this beautiful thing. But anyways, that's that's all I have for right now on that. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. Do you have a favorite plant or collection of plants? Um, though there's a place in my heart for nearly every plant and and I, as a like kind of folk herbalist as i mentioned there's a lot of plants that have these medicinal and energetic properties that i just value a lot a lot of the subtler ones i guess are, are kind of intriguing to me even like even like i, I don't want to negate any of the qualities because it's like dandelions incredible um but i was going to say like lemon balm this kind of subtle soft sweet citrusy smelling plant but you know you can make a tea of it or a tincture and and suddenly you're calmer and your body is like in this better state of being and like how subtle and powerful that is is just so incredible me even like lavender and you know there's just so many amazing plants out there that it, it truly is hard to uh to say what what is a favorite but I that that short list, I suppose, since it just emerged, will be my response. I and I and I I didn't even know I was gonna say those things, but that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, connected to that, do you think um or do you have a kind of collection of plants that either you see most frequently throughout your life on a daily basis and or the best represent your community hmm that's interesting question I like that question and I well something that really stands out right now is uh elder and the elder flower and elderberry specifically just in that it grows all over the place or not all over the place but in many different regions and and uh well why it's special to me and in some ways is it's been one of the kind of medicines elderberry syrup and elderflower uh cordials and 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 things like that have been something i've loved making for a long time and last year i was traveling a, a fair amount and not intentionally but quite because of just the timing and the blooming of these uh beautiful elder trees and companions bushes i the shrub a tree i mean elder yeah but anyways um I ended up making elderberry syrup in uh, in Los Angeles and Portland, in uh, South Devon, England, 
in France and in Belgium, um, all in 2022. And it was just this interesting thing that at, at each turn of events are making of those, it was with community and family and, you know, such a welcome thing to just like bring into and, and for more than half of the participants or, or community and friends that were we were with in each of those times this was something new that they had never even done before you know like a gathering and like oh so you can pick the elderberries and oh add honey and oh what a yummy amazing medicine and it's definitely become way more popular uh elder elder uh berry as like a tonic you know and i see it in stores nowadays but anyways that plant has some kind of and there are a variety of sambucus and, and elder berries um out there but yeah it's just it's amazing it's an amazing amazing plant and tree that i i, I was grateful to connect with on different continents and different countries last year so that was the one that really is sticking out to me besides nettle because nettle's just like nettle 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 i'll just wax poetic about nettle you know but anyways yeah elderflowers or elderberries elder is definitely up there too One thing that I like to ask interviewees um, is about your history with plants. So growing up, um, were you someone who interacted a lot with plants? Did your family have a garden or did they forage? Um, what was kind of like your history with plants? I had the good fortune of growing up in a from the age five to 17 18 uh in a suburb of, of minneapolis st paul in a home that had a little forest right next to our house and we did have a, a vegetable garden in the back but i lived in these woods and in these trees and that was for me i i, I did have human friends as well but 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 any day, happy or sad, it was it was the forest and, and climbing up into the trees that that really stands out to me. And and various other um just images are are popping up, uh, including finding my very first ever morel mushrooms 20 some steps from my front door that were, I don't know, 18 inches tall. They're massive um morel mushrooms and and uh which of course is a sad story in part because um in the midwest they often were growing um at the bottoms of dead or dying elm trees and the dutch elm disease had wiped out a lot of the elm trees in the forest and that is precisely where we found them um when i was like in my teen teen years but uh yeah and then and then i'm thinking of uh milkweed too like that just grow was growing around in the butterflies that you know that that live on and and are part of of that kind of relationship and it's my childhood was totally filled with this and and I, I think I mentioned it a bit earlier but I used to walk around and and talk to the trees uh in the nearby ponds and lakes I would just walk around and and, and literally talk out loud not 
not in not with any specific thing tell I, I i couldn't say what we what i or we were in conversation about but i or why i was compelled i actually have no no um no living teacher or guide that 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 like that i would learn that from i i actually don't understand why i did that um to be quite honest with you but it's clearly carried through to my adulthood but yeah, so as a kid, you know, I, I had these deep, rich relationships with the the plants and animals and the turtles and little stick men and all these different beings that were a part of this local ecology that I also watched between the ages of five and 17. And then especially even in the following years up till now, completely changed from a largely farm, uh, you know, area to totally developed suburbs with the same, you know, whatever, 10 stores every mile and these whole tracts of forests and wetlands that were my my neighborhoods, my communities of, of more than human beings just disappear and, and and houses and various buildings pop up in their place. And that was, a, that is still a, a traumatic part of my journey, watching all these beings disappear literally from, from my childhood. I, I, I I, there were, there were no longer the frogs and, and, and toads and, and salamanders and, and these insects that, that I was so familiar with, um, they, they largely disappeared, which is continuing to happen as I'm sure you are aware and so many of our listeners are of this ecological degradation that, that continues to happen. And, uh, anyways, yeah, I, I have fond memories of my childhood that, 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 yeah are tied very deeply to my relationships especially with the trees yeah uh but it, but it, but it was all the plants that that were nearby and and i'm grateful for that and my parents did have a a, a small vegetable garden it was nice because i was hands in the soil and harvesting and weeding and doing those fun activities and and that's just been a part of my life my whole my whole life and i'm grateful for that for sure Um, did you have any other things that you wanted to share with our audience? Um, are you working hmm. on any um, current or kind of soon forthcoming projects that you'd like to share? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah, I, you know, there's this veg, vegetal turn book coming out that I'm, I'm excited that, to have a small participatory role in and, uh, I spoke to it a bit earlier. This this idea of co-authorship, co-authorship, and I am contributing a few co-created poems that are are done with uh, well, nettle being one of them, and and a couple of other plant beings, and and it's a it's a fun exploration of of trying to uh, center or or decenter again my my participatory experience, but validating the the more than human and plant relations along the way and um and then this relational being exploration has has been years in the making and and i made my dissertation focus around intuitive and sensory herbalism as a potential access point for like everyday folks and 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 um just people in general to to kind of get more into this worldview uh life way and i see that as a good avenue but what i realize is 
we live in a very technological world and and most people have a phone in their pocket and apps and 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 social media and all these things so what's actually transpired from that is is this work um this app that i'm developing and these workshops i've been giving on relational being and the app's called Rebe. It's still in development, but basically, it's a, it's a series of prompts that uh, are all designed to be a part of a relational network. Again, decentering the humans and putting us into really um, intentional, interactive engagements with the more than human communities that we're a part of. And so, it's a combination of kind of art, time-based art, and um, behavioral practices that ultimately end up becoming mindfulness meditation breath work and and things like that by prompting uh, you to go out and and sit with plants and 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 take their picture but but do so by asking permission and 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 taking three breaths before taking the picture and and then like in one series of events it creates a collage of four more than human companions plants, animals, uh, rocks, whomever might draw your attention, and then one with you in it so that a collage is created where, again, you are a part of it, but not the central focus of of the frame, Um, which I like in the dual sense that it it shows an ecological selfie um, where you and a bit of your ecological community are present, but also puts humans back into nature's frame, which I feel like is like so crucial right now that we remember we are nature. And um, so, yeah, this this Rebe relational being work uh, I've been writing a great deal about. And also in there's so much more to that that I could talk about for ages. But but uh, I, I see so much value in. In tandem with like the environmental, social and governance, this need for like an ecological relational governance and or emergence to to arise where we're able to qualitatively and quantitatively uh, have visual and and uh, number and and other valuation systems that are keeping the balance and checks and balances of of our biodiversity um, and and you know the world at large. And I, I see efforts being made towards that um, that I'm grateful for. And this Rebe app could in part contribute to that by illuminating these communities we're a part of. And so I'm really excited to to you know work on that some more. Besides that, I, I did want to just quickly plug the um, the Schumacher and Dartington alumni community that I've also been helping support. And as a graduate of Schumacher College, which is based in England on the Dartington estate, um, I'm just really excited about that because so many people come through these programs like engaged ecology, holistic science, regenerative economics, ecological design thinking, uh, movement, mind, and ecology, these master's degree programs that are all really, really focused on what we've kind of been in conversation about and what the I believe networking with plants is really focused in on. And uh, we then finish our degrees and, and our, you know, this beautiful collective space where we're all kind of like-minded, like-hearted, like being, and then we get spat back out into business as usual and so i guess i'm really excited for this alumni community to be another one of those places that can help provide a platform and space for people to feel okay and living a bit differently and still navigating through the the world that we're we're currently in that i think uh desperately needs to change like as fast as possible you know the poly 
crisis, the myriad crises that we all face um, are due to a lot of modernity, humanity and modernity. And so um, these these projects in these communities, including this one with UK, um, are the closest things to my heart and, and are really what drive and motivate me. And I'm just uh, I'm I'm grateful to be a part of all this. And I just wish to be of service in whatever capacity I can. You know, um, that's that's really where, where I'm at right now. Sure, there's more too, but I'll, I can leave it with that for right now. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we'll make sure to provide links um, to many of those projects in the show notes. I just want to thank you so much, Joe. This has been so wonderful learning more about you and also more about your way of being in the world um, as a mm. relational being. It's really encouraging and inspiring. Um, and yeah, I I feel very grateful for our conversation. So yeah. well thank you. Thank you for for taking you know this role on and uh and doing these podcasts. I, I really appreciate it and and just yeah pleased to to be a part of this with you and all the beautiful humans and plants that we are networking with because they uh you know they're I feel like they're our driving they're they're the ones I just want to close with this I, like I think it's the plants that got us humans together to support this cause really I again just want to like as awkwardly clumsily messily as I can but as clearly as I can state like I believe it is the plants that are asking humans um who are open and tuned in enough to to communicate these things because it's like hello everyone like we need to shake it up and so thank you um for for your part in that and all the plants i'm so grateful for <laughs> if you're interested in learning more about the network please visit our website at networkingwithplants.org or feel free to email us at networkingwithplants at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to this podcast episode. We're so glad you could join us and we hope that you'll visit again soon when we have our next wonderful conversation with a great plant practitioner. Thank you and be well. Music piece is kindly offered to us by artist Mylise. Mylise is a sonic artist, immersive ecology designer, and clean energy ambassador. Merging art and technology, she creates music experiences that express the voices of plants and the other inhabitants of the earth.